Good morning. day of a retreat, whether it's a one-day retreat or a three-day retreat, five-day retreat, seven-day retreat, ten-day retreat, three-month retreat, the last day is always interesting because you can see your self reforming. You can see your mind beginning to reach toward the future, you know can't, uh, <laughs> it's hard to uh, stay still in, in the present moment. You know, the thoughts come in of what you need to do, and gosh, there's nothing left in the refrigerator, and I need to go shopping, and maybe I want to see this, oh, tonight is, you know, NBA final game two, and <laughs> you know, there are all these thoughts start coming in of, the possibility of your life coming back as a little bit more solid me than perhaps you uh, uh, sense now. I mean, maybe because some of you have been doing this for five days and four and three and so on, that it may be that you don't quite understand how much your constructed self has softened during this time. But it has. So maybe a little bit more sensitive. No. <laughs> you know, which is a good thing. You know, Be, being a little bit more... Um, vulnerable. And so the fourth day, fifth day, uh, you can see, you can watch your mind recreate its priorities, its imagined, its imagined life. <laughs> so, so know that this is a transition moment. And when you go back to what we think about as our normal life, to be a little bit um, kind, you know, to yourself. And if you can, try not to, like, bang in, you know, to your life. Try to, you know, take a walk in the park if you have time. You know, if you need to buy food, buy it mindfully, a little bit slowly if you can. Take a bath, relax, and let the rest of your life come in as it will, rather than, you know, hurrying to meet it in some way. You can even watch your mind, you know, create priorities. And uh, it's an interesting day. Um, and then I also wanted to say, um, I think it happened last session, although I suppose 
who knows for sure, but last session there was a real, especially the first two days, there was a real quality of settledness in the room. Something was different. And it was palpable, you could feel it. And you guys have brought that same settledness, that same presence, that same, to me, what I have experienced from talking with you and from feeling the quality of the sitting in the zendo, you're really understanding now what practice is, and you've taken it on as your own. And our little sitting group community is beginning to mature. It's very, it's wonderful. Really wonderful. And you can feel um, what it's like to sit now. You can experience what it's like to sit now with other people who are doing the work also in that way. You can feel their support. You can feel their work as they're working because they're bringing their mind present. And that presence is palpable. And it's the same presence we all are. Sometimes in the beginning, you know, um, in a new community, or when you first come, like to Zen, for some people, they're very enamored with it. You know, oh, you know, maybe they even like these robes. Gosh, you know, pretty. Something different, very artsy for New York, you know. Everything's black. <laughs> you know, and, it's, and there's this like possibility of the end of suffering and blah, blah, blah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you get the joke, huh? <laughs> In the beginning, sometimes for some people, it's kind of a honeymoon period. You know, they really, it's great. And then reality hits. And then it's kind of like you're taken aback. Wait a minute, you know, I didn't, I didn't sign up to look at my suffering. That's not what this was supposed to be about. It was supposed to be about bliss and calm and tranquility. What happened to that? But actually, that's a sign of maturity in the community, that you're willing to walk on the path, the path. You're willing to be responsible for what arises in you. You're willing to be open to how your life actually is. And, and take responsibility for it. You're laughing. <laughs> and also, um, you begin to get, we begin, we begin to get our community. You know, you guys, I think you begin to get a taste of the sense that practice is not a, uh, like, short-term, like so much in our, you know, culture, so much in our culture is a quick fix. You know, I'll just figure out what the basic stuff is to get, and I'll put that into practice, and bing, bang, boom, done. Check. But 
as we settle into the reality of our own life and how um, both how deep the suffering is and also how deep the possibility is, we begin to understand and accept that the um, practice path is a lifetime journey and that we need to set up our life in a way that recognizes that possibility. And we begin to entertain the idea of commitment, long-term commitment. And that maybe even, I know it's hard, especially in New York, but that maybe we might arrange our life so that we renounce some distractions, you know, and that renunciation is is a, 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 a I can hardly get the word out. <laughs> I, I went from a little bit, a lot, the whole entire, <laughs> the whole entire journey is about renouncing and letting go of the, you know, sense of separation, a sense of self. And in order to do that, we need to support that letting go by arranging our lives so that there, there is the possibility of regular daily sitting. I know it's really hard. But that there is the possibility of uh, making room in your life for long-term retreat, long retreats in a regular way. Not because we're going to get something, but because it's our life. That's how we understand I'm, I'm conflating life and practice, yeah, same. We understand that's how to walk this path, this journey, insanity, with some sanity. And um, you know, having a mature life, it's not, we know it's not going to be easy. I mean, they're going to be, even in, within our community, there'll be, there'll be disagreements, there'll be arguments, there'll be, it'll be boring, you know, it'll be life, you know, joys and sadnesses and mistakes, and we fall down and we get up. And little by little, we mature, we deepen, we open. We realize that, you know, life is not so much about take, 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 you know. In community, whatever happens, as we commit to the Dharma, as we commit to our own original nature, we commit to the Sangha. 
and we walk through life together. Joshu asked Nansen, what is the way? Ordinary mind is the way, Nansen replied. Shall I seek after it, Joshu asked. If you try for it, you will become separated from it, Nansen responded. How can I know the way unless I try for it, persisted Joshu. Nansen said, the way is not a matter of knowing or not knowing. Knowing is delusion, not knowing is confusion. When you have really reached the true way beyond doubt, you will find it vast and boundless as outer space. How can it be talked about on the level of right and wrong? So, uh, our, the, the family style, the style of our family, is beginner's mind. Wherever it is in our practice, we are recommitting to wonder, to curiosity. to beginning again, always, with a readiness of mind. Our family style is, like Kadigiri said, to live is just to live. Nothing special. And yet, in this nothing special, this quality of awe, in the true sense of the word, you know, sense of deep appreciation for just this life. I think more and more we can taste that our practice is not about getting something new, but about taking care, deeply taking care of something we already are. That's our family style. So I was talking to somebody um, this morning in the community, and we were talking about precepts, and as you re-enter the world, you know, your normal life, and as we go forward as a community, I want to be clear about the relationship of the precepts with our community. They aren't rules, and I, I don't mean to ever present them in a way that they sound like rules to do. It's more like I want us to keep them in our awareness. I want us to remember that, that these are intentions 
that we want to live this way, that if we don't live this way, the mind can't settle. And aside from being like practical in that way, they're also the manifestation of the truth of our understanding. So I want, I asked, I, what I'd like to do is I'd like to have them posted near the door somewhere so that when people come they can see our intention and that we can be reminded, not as rules, not as like, you know, not like that, but as aspiration, aspirations. I want to read them to you and this is a lovely, they're written in a lovely way. And, of course, you know, I hardly have to say this, but, it, and it's not just for within the community, you know, but, but this is to, fought, to, to, to base our life on the precepts in your daily life. So the three refuges. To take refuge in Buddha, the vast stillness, clarity, and kindness that is the true nature of all life. To take refuge in Dharma, the teaching of the way of life, day by day, that accords with the Buddha. That accords with Buddha. To take refuge in Sangha, the community of all beings that is our refuge and support. The three pure precepts. To refrain from action that increases suffering. To perform all action that increases awareness. To live for the benefit of all beings. The ten essential precepts to nourish life and not to kill, to honor life's gifts and not steal, to remain faithful in relationship and not misuse sexuality. And if you're not in a relationship, to not use misuse sexuality either. To communicate the truth with care and not to lie. To polish clarity, dispel delusion, and not misuse intoxicants or doctrines. To create wisdom from ignorance and not slander. To maintain humility and not praise self at the expense of others. To share freely and not be stingy, especially with the Dharma. To dwell in equanimity and not harbor anger or ill will. To respect the Buddha 
unfold, no, to respect Buddha, unfold the Dharma, and nourish the Sangha. Um, in a month, we're going to have someone visit Shohaku Okamura, who is the, um, he's kind of an expert in Dogen. And I don't know what the schedule will be there, but if he gives a class in the evening, um, take, take, take a, see if you can kind of sit in on a class or two, and you'll have a taste of a uh, wonderful teacher and uh, wonderful teaching, the way he teaches. It's really terrific. So, retreat in a very real way begins when we leave here. Katagiri, when he used to leave the zendo in uh, at Tassajara, the zendo in Tassajara is a long rectangular room, and when you walk in, you have to walk in over a board. Do they still have the board there? Oh, there used to be a board so that you had to pick up your foot, you'd bump your toe against this board if you didn't remember. It's a mindfulness thing. You didn't remember. <laughs> Yeah, you had to make sure you picked up your right foot. Are you bumping? Anyway, it's irrelevant. But on the way out, he would walk over, over it with his foot, and then he would turn toward the valley, the outside, and he would gasho bow. In the understanding that as he left the zendo, is when the retreat actually happens. <laughs> so, in case you haven't noticed, I should tell you that sitting retreat is the easy part. Right? It's the easy part. Being in a monastery is the easy part. The real retreat starts when you leave the monastery, when you leave this safe, supportive environment, and you take your practice out into the world. And then you see it's like, oh, I'm calm. <laughs> I, I've got economy down. I'm not going to be reactive to anything. And then you go out into the world, and then you see, well, how far does my economy reach? Can I be with my work environment? Can I be with you know, somebody cutting me off in the subway? Can I be with my family without turning into a child. (laughs) You know? So take as an, you know, that's that in in a very real way, that's why we do retreat, because retreat, you get to clean out all of this stuff. Right? That's why you have to sit regularly to drop down into silence often enough so that the mind becomes familiar with its true nature and you live from that place. If you don't sit enough, it's very difficult to remember that that's the truth of who you are. And then you take that out into the world and see, well, where does that, you know, where do, where, where do I forget that that's really me? Where do I turn into a separate, you know, angry demon? <laughs>
So this is the end. You have one more period to sit. One more period to sit, and then we finish being together in this way, which I love. It's a wonderful way to be together. So um, I'm going to be gone again for three months, and then I'm going to come back in three months. And I really hope that during the time when I'm gone, this is kind of, you know, the point in a way that, you know, for you to be clearer and clearer that your um, practice and the responsibility for the Sangha is your responsibility. The practice, your practice is your responsibility and taking care of the Sangha is your responsibility. (laughs) And um, the idea is for you guys to keep going, you know, doing your, whatever your homework is, whatever you're working on. And then I come back and we, you know, then we play. So we get together again and keep going. You know, not learning anything. Just living together, day, day by day. You know, can we do that? Can we deepen our practice just day by day? In the mundane, in the mundaneness, in faith, you know, that our original mind is already true here. It's a gift that we give each other, the possibility of this way of walking. So, Trust yourself. Really, deeply trust yourself and your own yearning to be free. And We will try as best we can to set up a situation so that you can meet each other and feel the difficulty of that kind of meeting and also the profound uh, intimacy of practicing in a community. And And by we, I mean the people who are you know, taking staff responsibility and stuff, but can't do that alone. Every single one of you is important to the community. Every single one of you offers who you are to the community. And every single one of you is important in that way, not to have you be somebody different, The richness of our being together comes from each of us offering exactly who and where we're at.
And then we make a commitment to ourselves first, most importantly, and then when we're able to, to the community. We give back so that this wisdom can continue for hundreds of years, 500 years, Brooklyn Zen Center. Your children practice here. Why not change the world? from just sitting and being with yourself. It's possible. Thank you for listening to this podcast offered by the Brooklyn Zen Center. Our programs are given free of charge and made possible by the donations we receive. For more information on supporting Brooklyn Zen Center, please visit the giving section of brooklynzen.org.